Hi, this is Marlene, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Whether you're watching a video or listening to a podcast, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. Links to videos or MP3 files can be found on MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Go to MarlenePardo.com for information on new book releases. I narrate several podcast series that can be found on major podcast platforms and can also be listened to via Alexa, Sonos, and other home systems. Look for Supernatural Storytime for scary storytelling, Nightshade Diary for classic horror and adventure stories, Stories of the Supernatural for interviews with different guests on the show. If you want to get noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit Strange Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com or find us on Blogspot. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing? Good? I'm doing well, as always. Um, here in North Florida, somewhere, adapting to the new environment because, like, as everybody's, all my audience knows, people have been following me around for a while. Um, yeah, it's like everything else. Uh, getting used to, you know, we still have a rainy season here in North Florida and everything. And it was funny because <clears throat> this, a couple of days ago, I went back down to Miami and, um, so you don't realize it, that it is a lot, a little bit muggier down in South Florida because of the subtropical temperatures, but you don't realize it till you actually do that. Anyway. Yeah. I was going through one of those like, Oh, because remember I was born and raised in Miami. So for me being back, there was like, Oh my God. Yes. This is, Oh, and this, and then all of a sudden the traffic hit and it was like, Oh, I was like, oh, I'm ready to leave now. Yes. It's, um, you know, one of those nostalgia things <laughs> where you only remember the good and overlook the bad. And, um, like I said, you know, I, I saw Miami basically grow up where the only thing out there was, you know, the beaches, uh, because of course everything was on the East, uh, you know, everybody wants to be on the coast, the beaches and, and then everything grew westward. And um, what was out there in a lot of these places were just dairy cows and farms and things. So I basically saw the city expand and grow to where it's at right now. And a lot of places that now are the middle of the city was like way out in the middle of nowhere. And it's not the middle of nowhere anywhere. But yeah, it was one of those things that, you know, sometimes even when you go back to places that used to be your, what they call your old stomping ground or your hometown, you almost have like, um, what do you want to call it? Oh, did I do the right thing? Because you see these places... Oh, and I remember I went there and, and then you have this moment, like I said, with the traffic thing. And uh, I was like, yeah, I absolutely did the right thing. <laughs> I absolutely did the right thing. Um, where it was, yeah, you know, there was a point there, I'm telling you, um, where when you've lived in a certain place for X amount of years and you leave willingly, but not, not because you had to or not because you hate the place. Because sometimes people move and it's like, God, good riddance. I'm leaving. Thank God. <laughs> But that wasn't the case for me. So you have this nostalgia. And of course, like I said, the memories. And there's, I, th I want to say there's a transition period where you're like, oh, you know, like, you, you're basically you're homesick. That's really what it is. And then you 
this is what happened to me during this last trip was I realized this used to be my home. You know, there's a point where you think of that's home and this is the place I live at now, but that's home. That's it. I realized that now where I'm at right now, this is my home. Yes, a lot of great memories. Um, you know, I still obviously have family living down in that area um, and everything, but this is my home. And it's, let me tell you something, and it's it's a process. It's a process that you have to do in your mind where you actually like let it go. Like, okay, it was great. But where I'm at now is where I really, truly want to be and the right place for me. So before I get to uh, going on, and I know people are asking, how are the chickens? I, I've got to take pictures of the chickens. Um, how one of my roosters die. Um, and I, I, in one of the last video clips I did, I showed him outside. He was, he called, I called him Stumpy. And I pointed out that I kept him outside of the general pen because at one point he had had bumblefoot and I cured him, but he still kind of limped. And in chicken world, you know, any rooster that's got a little impairment, he's gonna get picked on big time by other roosters. So I kept him outside and, and I've included him in he, uh, about last week, I started seeing all these little signs and after a while you pick up on them and I tried this and that, but you already know that, and I lost him and, but I'd had him like five or six years. And, and even then, like I said, um, he, over, he overcame Bumblefoot, which if you don't know how to treat it, that will kill a chicken. You know, it left him, uh, it left him a little bit, like I said, uh, where he kind of limped a little bit, uh, but he was okay. And then that that happens with uh, the chicken. So yeah, I lost him, but otherwise everything is good with a flock. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll see when I can get another video going um, as far as to, so you guys could see all my chicks and my uh, Rhode Island Reds and, you know, all those neat things. And yeah, all my, what I call my cluck clucks. <laughs> so, but let's get on to the paranormal part. But before I get to the guest, you guys must be thinking, okay, Marlene, like hurry it along. Let me, let me t tell you a little bit about uh, one of our sponsors. And this sponsor is named Freethinker Projects. And what they do, they're, they're Florida-based. And what they do, this is especially, not only, but especially geared towards what they call the nomad lifestyle and the RVers and people that, that uh, you know, the, what I call the great life, you know, where they travel around, sometimes for pleasure, sometimes for business or both, but they need a location here in Florida to either keep residency or this is just because where they, they, they want to be able to receive mail. And this is what Freethinker Projects does. They, they receive mail at a permanent address. They can afford it the actual mail to where you're at, or they can make a, send you a copy of it basically via email where you could see what it looks like. Uh, they also have notary services, which they can do online with you. Uh, they also, if you want to open a corporation in the state of Florida, they can act as your registered agent. That, because that's one of the things like in most states that if you're going to incorporate an entity, you must have a permanent address in that state, not a PO box or one of these, um, you know, like a, a mail receiving place. It's an actual physical address. They can provide that for you too. So if you have any of those needs or you just want to get information on rates, go to freethinkerprojects.com. Again, that's freethinkerprojects.com, mail forwarding, virtual mail, uh, remote online notary services, and also a Florida registered agent service. There we are. 
Okay, now let's get on. This is this is about this guest, and I know you guys are going to be excited because this guest has never been on the show before. And what's really interesting is that he's a fellow writer also. Okay, and his name, this gentleman's name is Fred Williams, and he was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, his writing is influenced for his love of the Twilight Zone. Yay! Uh, the writings of William Gibson, George R. R. Martin, and especially Stephen King's Needful Things. Uh, he has a premiere novel, which has uh, already been published in August of 2020, a year ago this month, which is uh, titled Scramble, A Perfect Recipe for Math, Murder, and Revenge. You know, we're going to be asking him about that. And, um, and he's working now on his next two works, and we're going to ask him uh, Chrome number 22 and Love Unrequited. They're in a the development stage, and we'll ask him about that. Okay, he's had a career in bodybuilding, modeling, telecommunications, uh, and of course, he divides his time between writing, working on his spiritual growth, the gym, and he lives in Ventura, California. And we're going to ask him about um, all these, uh, how he got to where he's doing, because he's 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 got a career uh, background and other things that are not writing. But of course, we're going to ask him the most important thing is any, like I was telling him briefly before we started, uh, I started uh, going on about, uh, you know, all my necessary stuff was, if you're into Stephen King, you must have some love of the paranormal in you. And he laughed because we were on the same page, but help me to welcome Fred. How are you doing today? How are you doing today? Hey, Fred, can you hear me? Oh, my God. Let's see. Hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, now I can getting, hear you. I'm getting okay, you in bits you... and pieces. I'm going to. Oh, there you are. You, I'm, uh, let me know if you can hear me okay. Okay. You know what? You're coming in a little bit. Yeah, I think we're breaking up a little bit here. Let me try to move to another location, see if I can get a better signal. Okay. My apologies. No, don't worry about that. Don't worry. I can I can edit anything. I'm good at that. Hi, everybody. Uh, to cut to the chase, uh, poor Fred, he just could not get good reception where he was at, so... We went ahead and we resumed the interview on the phone line. So for those of you who are watching the video, you're going to see uh, him trying to get a good signal, but to no avail. So this interview takes off when we're back on the phone line. So Fred, let me ask you, considering that you were like, in your bio, I read that you were into Needful Things and Stephen King's. Before. Definitely. Before we get that, did you ever have your own personal paranormal experience, which led to this? I've had several. <laughs> I, it, it's so interesting because, you know, it's, it's one thing I've, I've noticed in the media, and I'm not trying to call out race or nothing like that, but you never hear about, you know, uh, people of color or black people having paranormal or supernatural experiences. And right. I, I might be the first one. This might be groundbreaking news. Here we go. <laughs> Drum roll. <laughs> Go for it. Let's hear it. I want to hear all of them. But, well, let me explain how it, it, it comes about. I'm, I'm going to give some obvious ones, and, uh, and I'm going to let the, the viewers decide what happened. And I'm going to give you this first one. Okay. And I'm sitting in this apartment here. I'm in California. This is a regular apartment, and these types of things happen. 
And we were sitting there watching TV, and my girlfriend, you know, she kicked the shoes off, tennis shoes laying on the ground. There's a shoe sitting by our, you know, our faux fireplace. It's a fake fireplace kind of deal, and the you know, TV sits on it. And there's a shoe sitting there in the living room. And we're, we're going about our business. And this is where it gets crazy because out of the blue, the, the, the shoe just falls over. Okay. We can't explain it. There's no wind. We got two cats. The cats are not nowhere near the shoe. Me and my girlfriend are on the couch. Shoe falls over. We can't explain it. Don't understand it. Okay, so we've had that experience. That was like one of the most like, okay, something's going on here kind of moments. <laughs> you I've must had. have looked, looked at each other and said, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. One. But you like, know, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be cool about it, but you can't be cool when something just randomly no. happens. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's like you, like you said, you can't even blame it on the cats. <laughs> exactly. You can't, there was nothing around this shoe to make it fall over. It, the shoe fell, and I swear, you can, anybody can call me after this call. I will tell you the same story. and won't. I can tell you the shoe. I can look at it. That's what happened. But normally, normally when we talk about uh, paranormal with my experiences, it's, been, it's always been an energy. Okay. And one of the privileges I've had being in California is there's a lot of things to do out here. So if you ever get a chance to visit, just come out and visit. You won't do it all in, in one trip, but there are certain places you can go. Mm-hmm. And the first place uh, was Hearst Castle. I don't know if you ever heard of this place or oh, not. Oh, yes, I've heard of it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I would love to go there, but yes, I, I've heard of that. And I want to get your opinion on this when you go, because me and my girlfriend, we had the same opinion when we walked in there. There was a energy, there's a presence mm-hmm. um, to places. And, and my girlfriend's better at it than I am, but we both can pick up when something's just not right about a place. Sure. And uh, this, this place, the Hearst Castle, I will tell you, it just felt empty uh, and, and, and it resonated a, a, a certain emptiness this thing is a, it's a majestic creation mm-hmm. this gigantic the, the the guest houses are regular size mansions whatever your reader wants to take away what that means i'm talking four or five bedroom guest houses and okay you got this gigantic entity but when we walked inside it felt empty uh you know we we, we felt what the the, the I want to say it, it was the spirit, you know how energy transfers, and, and right. the energy the, the, the owner had toward that place was just empty. It was an empty gratification. It was, it was, something was just not right about that place. Uh, I just felt like I felt alone. It mm-hmm. felt cold. And you should have seen it. It was, it was, the building's even unfinished. It's not done. Right, yeah, that's one of the things I remember. That it was like it was always like a, a work in progress kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. He never finished it, and I just think it was just something he was doing to try to try to prove something to somebody that I just don't think he needed to do. It, it's it's a beautiful creation. It's oh, a beautiful it's huge. building. But your energy when you walk in there, it's like it's cold, hollow, mid-century castle kind of deal. It just felt cold. So that that was that was one. That, that, uh, on a scale of paranormal, that's just kind of like a, a mm-hmm. three. But let me talk about Winchester Place. You know what? The, I've been to the Winch because I have been to California because my son was stationed out in Coronado Island. Yeah. He was in the Navy. So of mm-hmm. course, like every mother, this is my youngest child. Yep. I bugged him frequently and flew out there. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. Because, yes. you yes. know. So anyway, I went out there. One of the times I did go, we're talking about the Winchester place, the one uh, yes, out there. Yes, I am. That one, yeah. That's that's yeah. Now, that's now a... prior to this, I was a skeptic of my babe because she always talked about how energy. She's a, she's an empath and she picks up on energy like this. I mean, she's to the point where someone will give her a box and her friend gave gave her a blender and she literally when she took the box she looked at it and said it's a blender, isn't it? And her friend <laughs> lost it. I mean, she was like, what? What's wrong? And you know what the problem with that is? It's like, babe, can you give me five numbers and a Powerball? Come on. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> let's let's make this pay off, right? Let's use this for benefit, you know. But uh, Winchester Place was interesting because the energy was good. And, and you know the, the story mm-hmm. about Winchester and how yes. she uh, was haunted by the spirits of everybody that died mm-hmm. at the hands of those guns, uh, you know, created by her, her husband's right. business. You know, it's a rifle, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, the energy was good in that place, and I, and I agree. You know, my girlfriend said the same thing, and I agree because she listened. You know, if you ever notice, like, ghosts in these movies, they, 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 they haunt you. They, they cry out to you. Right. They want they, I think it's a, it's a calling of love, safety, and belonging. And, and she listened. She, she, it was an a act of servitude towards these entities. Well, you know what happens and, and is that people don't realize that. She operated that house like a farm. She employed a bunch of people there that basically worked for a year. Four, seven. Yeah. She had people working on that house and, for her. And um, basically, she was like an employer. She, but they lived, some of them lived like they, the, the place people think that she, she had like an actual farm there. Like it was self sustaining. Yeah. So, for mm-hmm. the, I mean, I know everything stopped when she died. I would say she, people, in a way, almost lived out their lives, like you said, because they were there twenty four seven. Yeah. Um, and so was, their energy's got to be there too, I imagine. Definitely, and that was so interesting about it. it, it you know, they they got these doors that go nowhere. They got mm-hmm. steps that go to nowhere, and you know, they they tell you if you look in the windows, they got pictures. If you look in the windows, you can see, you can see her in the window. So you know, we did the tour. So we did okay. The, we've heard stories about people going off into different places because they're following this guy that turns out to not even work there, one. And two, is actually like one of the workers that yes. was building this building and, and, add, and added these additions to it. But this is what we got. This is what I got. There was one room. It, it, I think it was in the attic. It was a yellow room. I'll never forget this. Mm-hmm. And the tour walked into this room. And all, uh, up until this point, it was like tour, really nice house, kind of small, you know, kind of kind of weird you know it was so worth the money and we walk into this room and my eyesight i tell you there was it was a dark cloud around my eyesight and it felt like something descended upon me really the hair rose on the back of my neck and i looked at my girlfriend and she was like something's up in here (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah i was like yeah everything is great till you come to this one room huh yep but it wasn't threatening it okay. was not threatening. It was just like, I'm here, and thanks for coming, and, and welcome to my home. What do you think? Kind of crazy, right? That's the energy I picked up from Winchester Place, and I would love to go back there again. And, uh, you know, we, we're planning on revisiting. So that's been, that, now, that, now that experience to me is more like a, I would give that a 5 out of 10 as far as getting freaked out and stuff like that. So I'm going to go to my experience number four. And feel free to cut me off. I no, 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 no. You know what? Sometimes, I'll tell you what, a lot of mm-hmm. people don't realize that some of these places, 
I mean, it's been what, like a tourist place for like a long time. And yeah. at some point, what you do is you end up getting a lot, you know, sometimes the vibes of all the people that come, come and go, come and go, come and go. And then you get to that one room, like what you said. Yep. Where all of a sudden yep. it's like, oh, this is not the tourist. <laughs> this is not Something the tourist thing. Going, and, and I'm telling y'all, you know what? Look, I'm a skeptic. Of the, I, I'm a, I was a skeptic and, until I felt that 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 whatever it was, because not only did it affect my vision, it right. affected my sensations, and I, I, I was I was convinced. And yes. uh, we we had a similar. Have you been to the Madonna Inn? No, I have not been to the Madonna Inn. Tell me okay, about the that. The Madonna Inn is somewhere. Uh, it's, it's right. It's when you're going towards Hearst Castle. There's a it's a place called the Madonna Inn. And it's, it is a weird, it's a weird hotel. You have to stay there. It's, it's renowned. It's just got these crazy rooms. Well, we stayed in this room. Mm-hmm. And the same feeling in this room, the same type of cloudy vision. You know, there's this black ring around everything I'm looking at. There, really? You know, things, you know, bubble vision coming around. And it's filling on the back of my neck, and uh, and uh, I, I want to say that because you know I, I think it depends on which room you stayed in. We stayed in this crazy room, and again, my girlfriend she vouched for it. She said she felt something weird in that room. In that room, it was crazy. So and you and did you sleep there? Like you stayed there overnight? Well, she was there in training. I came to visit, and of course, I left. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say because you. was gonna. And after you finish, I'm gonna put in my own. Fu- That's why I asked you that. Oh, that that thing about. When you get to certain places that, you know, have a haunted reputation and yeah, you kind of yeah. like take it with a grain of salt because like you said, you're kind of like a skeptic like, oh, you know what, this is just people like telling a story until yeah, you get there yeah. yourself. And then you're like, oh, this that's – oh, duh, this wait a minute. F, this F word is real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe there is something – and wait a minute. I, I got to sleep here yeah. tonight? Why did I do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but let me now. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change the 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 course of this conversation. Okay. And, and we're talking about supernatural. You know, we're mm-hmm. talking about. And now let's think about this. There is a medium, right? When, when someone passes away, you know, there there is a a medium, I believe that still exists, that we can use to communicate. Now you, now I'm gonna go all the way off on this tangent. Because, you know, once I start body, it makes sense, and my examples back this up all the way. Okay. We don't know what life is, okay? We, we certainly don't know what death is. We don't know what comes after, you know. And, and the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. You know, we always wonder what happens in the afterlife. And my, my amazement and, and, and my study right now is we don't know what's going on right now. I mean, if you think about it, we are a, a group of, of, of atoms and, and molecules and, and cells that became tissue, that became organs, that became complete complex systems, all working in harmony in this entity wrapped up in another organ with skin. And yes. Within that complexity of itself, we have the human brain that is capable of using tools to, to survive. Yes. Now let's just let's, let's, let's stop there with the amazement right now. So I don't care what you tell me. You can't tell me we got this thing figured out because no. that right there is enough. So 
you know, I'm going to say a little public service announcement. If there's anybody out there that has a confidence issue that feels like they're not doing anything in life, that they feel like they're not where they want to be in life or they're, they're admiring some celebrity, take a moment and stop and think about what it took for you to be right where you are to hear this message right now. A lot of people overlook that. They overlook it because they're so wrapped up in, I don't have money. I don't have a car. I don't have a house. Mm-hmm. I don't have a husband. I don't have a man. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. about what you got. You got a system that this complex entity that evolved to get you to this point, and we just forget. And then from that, we took these things and we, and we built tools that help us beyond what our normal body can't do. So we can't see to the stars, we build a telescope. Yes. You know, we, we can't fly like a bird, we build an airplane. I mean, every time there's something that we can't do, we figure out a way to do it. Sure. And, and that, 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 that and brain, that, that large brain that we got. That large brain. And that's why I want to talk about the brain because I think that thing, that the consciousness transcends dimensions. And I'm going to tell you why, because I got three instances where I believe I was visited upon by ghosts. Really? And I'm gonna they visited the you? They visited me, and our medium of exchange was dreams. I believe it. I, you can't convince me otherwise. No, you know I what? Fred, I, I tell everybody, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes when you have an experience which that you can't produce proof for, doesn't, you know, you can't. Mm-hmm. You don't have a photograph. You don't have a recording. You don't have, not even a witness sometimes. But you yep. know what you experienced, yep. and that's sometimes that's all it takes. That's all that matters. That's all you need. And, and, and here's my point. What do you have to prove to somebody else for if you had that experience? That was your gift. Yes. So don't worry about it. But some people think that if they can't validate it or prove it to others, it's like nobody's yes. going to believe me. And it's like sometimes it doesn't matter if anybody believes you or not because you know what you that's experienced. That's it. So let, let, me, let, me, let me tell you this story. It's just so, I, I had, okay, uh, in 1998, I'm going to tell you this story. Mm-hmm. And I was dating uh, this girl, you know, and, of course, you know, I was 24 out of college, and, and I met her in 1998, and I said, she's the one. And when I tell you I threw myself at her to be her suitor, I threw it. I mean, going over to her house. I mean, flowers, flowers were normal. I went right. to a house and watched it fall once. Um and her parents loved me to death, which was the perfect recipe for our relationship not to work out. <laughs> I was going to you – know, you, you, when you said that, I said, oh, that could either be really good or sometimes, unfortunately. It's like, oh, that's the one my parents like. Ah, forget it. <laughs> Let me give you some bad advice. If you, if you want the relationship to work, piss the parents off. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like be the, the one where they say, you can't possibly be going out with him. Yes, we exactly. are. Exactly. Yes, yes. Be that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't be the nice guy because you'll win the parents, but you'll yes. the girl. So just, just some bad advice for, my, for your audience out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. Believe me. That, that, yeah. that, that thing is like, yeah, I know exactly yeah. where you're coming from. So her mom, we, we built this great relationship. You know, my name is Fred. She, you know, it goes to Freddie, you know, and I know when I'm in when, when people call me Freddie. And she is a dear friend to me. And. You know, unfortunately, you know, life goes the way it goes, and we didn't work out. But she was always special to me. And, you know, she was overcome by disease, and, you know, her life was taken away. 
unfortunately, I think it was three years ago at this time or a couple years ago, you know, her life was taken away from me. But due to circumstance, you know, she, uh, the, my, my, now my lady friend has moved on with her life and I've moved on with mine. But there was just something special about the bond that me and this, this lady had. Okay. And I tell you, I never had a chance to say goodbye to her, but she has shown up in my dreams twice. Oh. And when I tell you she showed up, I knew who she was. She knew who I was. She called me Freddie. Mm-hmm. She had on a yellow dress. And when I saw that, there was no, you know, getting spooked out. There was no, this is a dream. I knew what it was because mm-hmm. I knew the circumstances up to it. I knew my experience. And I knew after that dream, she appeared in my vision, in my experience, to tell me that it's okay, you move on. Okay. And when I tell you that's as real as real can get, her she was it was it was her in her heyday. Like it was her when I met her. It was right. Hair was brown, you know, glasses good, in good health, in mm-hmm. good spirit. You know, when, when, when we go to this other side that we don't know, we don't carry these burdens that we have on this side. We don't right. carry the pain. We don't, we don't know. So this is not an avenue to, to get judgmental about heaven or hell or whatever this is. Just, it, it, you know, my reassurance came that she's okay. Right, that's um, what she was trying to tell you was like, I, look at me now. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm, and, and not only look at me now, I'm still with you. Mm-hmm. And that, that was my first experience uh, with a ghost. Now, I have another one Go ahead. that validates this experience. Now, you want to hear this one. Yes. I had a friend, a uh, really close friend of mine. I met her at a bar, and her husband was the manager, so you, you know how that worked. Yes. <laughs> you know, he got the crazy eye on you, but I'm a goofball, so he, he had nothing to worry about. It. I wasn't trying to hit on nothing like that. We just kind of, you know, we sitting at the bar. Why not, you know, talk it up? And I'm a knucklehead, so we, we got along great. So. The relationship evolved with that, and, you know, we ended up, uh, you know, like, we'll go to different bars and then go back to that bar, and public service announcement, uh, you know, we, we was good with the drinking, you know, we wasn't crazy, but, you know, we just went out and had a good time. Got to say it nowadays. You know, I know, I know. It's like, so. and we and we took an Uber or we walked, right? Okay. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah. yeah, we're in the, the age of Uber now, so, you know, we got to use that, so you go to our advantage. But um, as long as I knew her, uh, she was trying to have kids, and they they used uh, you know uh, uh, in vitro fertilization to, to try to get pregnant, and they kept trying, and um, you know they wasn't successful at this, they, they, and and they were, and she was determined, and you know I'm a trainer, I, mean, I used to be a trainer, and she used to be mm-hmm. one of my clients, you know we would talk about it and stuff like that, and she was always inspiring to me, she always gave me a good message about never giving up, and and, and always. You know, when the chips are down, you, that's when you hang in. Like kind of like what happened with us earlier. You know, with the right. The yes, you find a workaround. Like you know, just hang in there. You know, it, it's okay. You know, it it, it it does what it does. You just you just hang in. There. And like friends, and you know, she's in a relationship. You know, we we fell. You know, we we drift in and out. You know, we drift in, we drift out, and life happens to everybody. So unfortunately, uh, you know, a few years later. Um, I'm at work and I get a call and it's one of our mutual friends and she's crying and I'm like, oh man, what happened? And she tells me uh, she got pregnant and she had a baby, but she died during childbirth. Oh my God. 
So, yeah, you want to get hit square in the chest with something, get hit with that. Yeah. Get hit with, I don't know whether to be mad or to be overjoyed that she believed in something so much she was willing to die for it. Where, where do you stand with that when you get presented with that type? Someone that wanted kids so bad. Right, finally yeah. had the gift of childbirth, but is unable to enjoy it. Yeah, but it's like almost like it. somebody that's chasing their own death. Of course, they don't understand that that's... Yeah, you know, and, and, and you know, there's two sides, you know, maybe... Maybe it was something she wasn't meant to do. Maybe it was something that she was, it, it, like you said, it, it cost her everything to, mm -hmm. to get what she wanted. I, 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 and I didn't know where to stand with that. I didn't know where to re I, it wrestled. I mean, Taysa, that is so unusual because you don't, you don't hear about that. You think of the women dying in childbirth from, like, the old days, you know? That's, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, it was a shock. It was, a, I, like I said, going to her uh, funeral was a, it was a, it was, it was a conflict. It was happiness. And at the same time, it was ut utmost tragedy. At the same yes. time, it, 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 it just it, it just kind of really uh, bothered me in my mind. But let me tell you what happened. I had a dream. Okay. And this was years later. This wasn't. I mean, you know, this was. A, I, I was. I think I was in Missouri when I was in Missouri when she died. I think I had this dream out here in California. And when I tell you, I saw her. And let me tell you how I saw her because okay. this is why I know this wasn't just an ordinary dream. Her arms were around her man. Her man couldn't see her, but her arms were around her man. Okay. Like she was standing behind him. He was in a chair, kind of, and her arms around him. And she was, you know, how you walk up behind somebody and hug him. Yes. She was giving him that hug. But I could see everything. And all I saw and all I took away from that was, number one, she loves that man. Number two, She's right by her side, and number three, she is okay. Yes. And like I said, it, that's that's why I, why I love to get on supernatural shows because people have this this typeset of ghosts and goblins and spooky, creepy things. No, ghosts are entities. They're energy. They're they're they're, they're living beings. And, and when I see visions like that when i see dreams like that it just reminds me that you know they're to be respected to well of and course I, you I, know when I, you I, think of it this is a human soul even if their body is yeah. dead but it's a human spirit or soul whatever you want to call it and she was probably you were a good friend and she was trying to let you know i'm good you know it's okay it's, it's okay. okay so it's a different way of looking at the supernatural it's just we only have a limited access to the visible wavelength of light. You know, there's X-ray yes. vision, there's microwave, there's infrared. There's all these things that we can't see. Right. So why would somebody cross out the possibility of ghosts? Why, why would you say that? Oh, there ain't no such thing as ghosts. Are you kidding me? There's so much stuff that we don't know. But I think it, a lot of people that say that also are kind of scared. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the real true reason. And... Definitely. Mm, you know, it's like if, if if I say it enough times, it'll make it so. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I'll convince myself, and it's like you know, you you what's the what's the line? You urinate on your leg and tell yourself it's raining. You know, right? Exactly, exactly. And the, you know, there's a lot of people. And I'm gonna tell you, um, this and I told this story before. I have an aunt who's like that. 
She's a, always, all her life, she's been one of these no-nonsense people. There's no such things that ghosts and all that. You, you're all crazy. And she, I mean, you brought up that subject, and she'd be like, oh, come on. And one day, this was a few years ago, she starts telling the story how when she was a little girl, and she was in school, she was attending this very old school in Cuba, mm-hmm. which is where my family's from. And it's oh, like, wow. this was one of these old, like, um, you know, when they have the, like the convent and the church and the school is all a big giant building. But this was like hundred, a few hundred years old. It was a really old building. And she's like six years old. She was in first grade. And at that hmm. time they had, you know what they have? The, the girls were all in one class because the nuns would just teach the girls and the girls would be all in one classroom. And I'm like, I'm going to make a point about this. And she says she's sitting at her desk and she looks all of a sudden to the doorway of the classroom and she sees a little boy dressed as an altar boy. Oh, wow. And first of all, there was no boys on that side because, like I said, this is where the nuns would teach the girls who were being sent there. Okay. Plus, you know, he was dressed like an altar boy. Mm-hmm. And she says mm-hmm. that he had this really sad look on his face. And he was just standing there in the doorway of the classroom. And then she, like, looked away and looked back, and he was, he was gone. Yep. And, mm. you know, she's a little – you know, and, of course, children don't um, – they don't question things at that point. Right. To her was – I just saw this really sad-looking altar boy who kind of – I'm thinking, what is he doing here? And then I look away for a second, and he's disappeared. And I remember yep. when she told me that story, I was like, oh, my God. You saw a ghost, and she's like, she looked at me with this face, like, yeah, I kind of know that. And I'm like, but you walk around all the time. Everybody that brings up that subject, you poo-poo them, and you tell them they're crazy, and there's no <laughs> such thing. But you saw one, and she just like, right? She did one of these. Like, we're not gonna talk about this anymore. She switched the subject, and she went to talk to somebody else. And I was like, wow. Do you? But do you see that? It, it there is a, what? What is? What's the fear? I mean, let's let's embrace it. Let's. I mean, do we have enough mental capacity to acknowledge? that we can't see everything. Well, the, the thing or, is this. It's not like, you know, at that age, you don't have enough. At, at six years as a child, in other words. She recognized in herself. As a child, she wasn't seeing. And she said it was a very solid-looking child. She thought it was a real boy. It wasn't like, oh, my, a trick of the light. So she knew that at that age, you, you don't try to fool yourself when you're six years old. It's like. Exactly. So she knew that what she had seen was what she thought was a real boy. So it wasn't like I was making it up. Yeah. And uh, but yeah. yeah, again, some people choose to like. I'm just gonna pretend that 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 doesn't exist. Yeah, and that's um, crazy. Of course, that's of crazy. course it is. No, and uh, then you ask yourself, Fred, how, how many of sometimes those ghosts are those people that think that there's no afterlife and then they die and they're like, "Hey, <laughs> what happened?" You know, <laughs> I thought this was it. I would. I thought exactly. there was nothing else. It, it, that's the thing about it. It, it, it the, and I'm not. I, I don't want to. You know, we, we. You said something very valid, and I don't want to deny people's experience. Mm-hmm. All I'm trying to say is, our beliefs get us to a certain point. Yes, of course. And there needs to be a constant evaluation, reevaluation of our belief system. And it's like, for you to to shun away something so obviously that happened to you, instead of saying. What did he want? What did that boy need? What was going on with that? Because here's my right. here's my question: What do ghosts want? I know what ghosts want. They all want the same thing 
that we want. They want love, they want safety, and they want belonging. Everybody on this planet, I don't care what side of the spectrum you are on, in life, after life, we all crave the same thing, love, safety, and belonging. And, I'm, and I bet you that little boy reached out to her pure soul that was unfiltered with bias mm-hmm. and said, hey. Yeah, you can see me. Hey, you can see me. You can see me. Of course, and they say that a lot of people that do that, they say children don't block this out because they don't have these filters of that. That doesn't, that's not supposed to exist. Exactly. Exactly. You just I was, see it. I was taught. I was taught that. No, no, ghosts aren't real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of I, I, I've had guests who, who have described childhood experiences and mm-hmm. a portion of them have told me, oh, you know what? I brought it up to my family and I kind of was they kind of like, you know, basically told me, oh, there's no such things and or. And I know sometimes parents or family members are trying to protect their kids from being the weird kid. Oh, don't talk yep. about that. You know, don't bring that up. Yeah. And it's so and it's and it's so sad because what if they had an open mind to receive that experience that they had and just to ask a question, okay, what do you want? Yes. How can I help you? How can I be of servitude? I mean, you have this let's go back to my uh the Winchester I mean, she fully embraced there was no she knew what she 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 didn't care. All right, I'm hiring staff, I'm gonna use this money, we're gonna appease this, you know, and, and right. What if we all had that open mind towards these entities that uh, that choose us? You know, just like an idea. It, I, I think of ghosts in the same term as ideas. Ideas choose you. I think ideas are universal. Have you ever had an idea for something and you're like, oh, that's crazy. Won't nobody ever need a, a, a phone that doesn't have a cord? That's ridiculous. Oh my, and all know. of a sudden... Somebody invents this thing. You're like, I thought of that. Well, yeah, you didn't actually think of it. The idea came to you, and you didn't do anything about it. So I believe that ghosts, just like ideas, they pick people, and they pick people because they're open at that moment to receive it, sure. and they trust. And you, and that's that right there. That right there is because a lot of people get ideas, and then they talk yep. themselves right on out of it. I'll come out of it, yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Because um, they believe it's so crazy for them to do something that they don't, they, they don't even try. And they talk themselves, like you said, they talk themselves right out of it. It's unbelievable. Right, it's like, that oh, you know, or, or, you know, and, and I'm sure you've heard of it. Uh, it's sometimes, you know, just because it's simple, oh, yep. if it's simple, they, 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 Sometimes you know when you get like you, you get that, that great idea, and it's almost like man, that's so mm-hmm. simple. I can't, it, it, it can't be good. It's too simple, and they yep. drop it. They, people let it go, yep. uh, thinking. Yep. I tell people, you know, once upon a time there was such a thing. This is from my older, as a pet rock, and most mm-hmm. people think you got to be kidding me. Oh, you remember the pet rock? I pet remember. Rock. I remember. A pet rock. Dude, I, I, now hold on, before we go any further, you you present a little bit of. Uh, I don't want to use the word shame, but there is a hesitancy to acknowledge the things that we grew up on. And oh, I no, 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 because you know you. what? I've had people honor that sometimes the- people don't, you know, like fads, <laughs> you know, sometimes they fade. And only if you've lived X amount of years, do you understand mm-hmm. it? You know, like mm-hmm. there's people, you know, there's people that like, like when well, you just said that thing about the corded phone, you know, yeah. that once yeah. upon a time, <laughs> you know. 
You, that um, was our technology. That was our iPhone. I'm sorry, the Lego phone or the Mickey Mouse phone? That was our iPhone. So yeah. I walk in with my chin up when I talk about my past, my Atari. I'm proud of it. Yes, well, you know, because <laughs> I, I so think also that as the years have gone by, all these things have picked up speed. And it's like exactly. you, it's like, you know, once upon a time, there was no internet. And there was, yep. uh, there was corded phones. Yep. And yep. in the 80s, the answering machine was a big deal. Ooh, you remember that answering machine? And, and yeah, it was like, what was it? The other day I was watching some movie. I can't remember what. The and way, it was the like, oh, my God. They so had the answering machine. We we remember three-way calling where you had to click and you could ask somebody. Yeah, that was like a big deal and call waiting and all the, you know, I tell everybody, you know what? When I was growing up, there was one phone and it was in the kitchen. And yep. that was it. Yep. And it was. Yep. And if people called and nobody answered, they, because that's how you know nowadays people call you on the phone. If you don't answer, they go, "Why didn't you pick? Why didn't you answer the phone?" I said, "Once upon a mm-hmm. time, there was one phone. Yep. You know, usually maybe a couple, but I mean, as far as a landline, and if people yep. didn't answer right away, nobody got mad. <laughs> was, nobody got mad. I'll see you later. Yeah, exactly. Give me a call. Yep. The, or they call you later. They called you the next day, uh, and you didn't have to worry about an answering machine. Like it was like. Left me a message. What message? Don't worry. You know, unless you catch me and talk to me, all right, there you go. But uh, yeah, it, 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 a, a lot of these, um, you know, when when you know when you talk about uh, all these different, uh, you know, I and I know that I bring it up because a point of reference because a lot of people don't realize that once upon a time certain things that are very commonplace now did not exist yeah. at all. Exactly. At all. Exactly. I was I was talking to a guy yesterday, and I, I just I just asked him the question. I said, "People, you know, the the whole deal now, and and this is my biggest message. I, I, and you know, it, it's bigger than my book. The message I want to give people is, it is okay to be okay because your okay is luxury for somebody in the 1800s. If you just think of the things that you have, oh sure. Now you might not you might not have a Bentley, you might not have a Ferrari." You know, you see it all the time. They 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 plaster this stuff on social media, mm-hmm. and they plaster this stuff on on TV shows. Like this is the aspiration that we all need to work towards, which is a lie. And I'm here to dispel the lie. If you take your tiny starter home wherever you live, yes, take it out of time and plant it in the 1800s, they would set you on fire for witchcraft. <laughs> By God, she has a instant food heater upper. Oh my God! That yes. is witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let me tell you something. People don't realize that when these people microwave. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, it'd be like no. People would kill for that little house. I'll tell you that tiny house. I'll tell you that much. I can talk into a square in my hand and communicate with somebody that lives in Florida. That is witchcraft. <laughs> yes, those. You know. <laughs> I just think people just forget and they get so caught up. And what everybody else is doing, that they don't stop. Like, you know, it, it's so funny where you get on an airplane and people are mad. They're they're mad about the plane taking off yes. late, and, and they're mad because the person in front of them is taking all day to put their uh, luggage up in the rack. And I'm sitting there like, you mean to tell me we have overcome gravity? Yes. <laughs> and I can go huge distances in this bus with weight. Yeah. Yes. You're mad about the internet not working. Are you kidding me? I, it's just I, I don't think people have that awe of things no more. It's just the expectation of 
what's next and what's better. And, and, and we got to get out of that and just realize if you take yourself where you are now and plant yourself any other time in life, you will realize, like, oh, my God, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty damn good. Pardon my French. Right. But see, this is the thing that that's what I'm saying. Some people sometimes when you haven't lived long enough, you have no point of reference as far as how much advancements have been made. Uh, right. I'm going to give you a perfect example. Nowadays, you can research anything on the Internet, and you don't have to move from your desk. Basically, you're there. Before, you, if you were researching, I'm going to say a book, a book, anything, yep. a term paper, whatever. You yep. had to uh, hope that uh, you had a decent library, either in your hometown or yep. your school. Um, yep. Or, I mean, yeah, research was painstaking. Because microfish? Remember the, micro, remember the microfish? Oh, God, yes. I do remember microfish. <laughs> I do remember microfish. And that was back, that was a big thing, you know, because before that microfish, was everything was paper. And yeah. microfish was like, uh, that was those little squares. People don't realize are those big machines, like, you know, to, yeah. yes, those, all those things existed. So, you know. And even then, that was brain. painstaking. I mean, they could point you in the right direction, but you still had to sit there and scan through a lot of things to find. That was the effort in research. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the pattern's around, you know, because we're talking about the supernatural, you know, and, you know, we we talked really good about ghosts. And now I want to talk about zombies. Oh, go ahead. You don't have to. I mean, zombies are, if you walk around right now, go outside, and you see anybody walking down the street, not paying attention to traffic, with this device in their hand staring at it you have a zombie there are people that just <laughs> don't no i don't understand it it's it, it, yes I, I i i know exactly what you mean yep. <laughs> have you seen it yes. have you seen it, it, it it's scary yes. like they'll they'll just walk and they're not looking and, and they got the headphones they got both headphones mm-hmm. on with this phone, and they're just walking and not paying attention to anything going on. That's a zombie to me. And, yes. you know, I, I, know I, I, I love, I know I want to turn the subject back because I love Return of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead. I mean, I just grew up on it. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I saw a little bit of Walking Dead, but I'm old school. That Night of the Living Dead, I mean, I, I'm a Return of the Living Dead. You remember when Michael Jackson was a zombie and he came out? Right, crazy. my God, Thriller. That was That was like... <laughs> No, and wait, wait, wait. And it's not only that they come back, it's that they want to eat you or your brains or something like that. It wasn't just the coming the brain, back yeah, of the dead the part. Yeah, exactly. I was like, man, yeah, we got zombies right now. You just go outside and look at them. Yeah. Well, did they, let me tell you something. I mean, you. there was a commercial. I can't remember. They don't play it anymore. I can't remember now what product where it was showing people like running into running into the doors or stepping into yep. Yep. water. I mean, because you're so caught up uh, yep. or stepping in, like almost yeah. getting run over. And I'm like, that, that's very that's very factual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> that's very factual as far as they're, they're, they're so they're just they're caught up. They're 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 just walking. They're going from one thing to the next without paying attention mm-hmm. to what they're going to. And we do this all the time. You know, iPhone 11. They trade in an iPhone 11 for an iPhone 12. Why? Because Why? it's and let me tell you, those things aren't cheap either. <laughs> No, they're not. And, and they're not paying attention to how all these things are adding up. So you got to have the latest car. you got to have the latest phone. you got to have the latest fashion. Have you ever noticed fashion? Fashion, I, I just don't 
understand how someone can declare something in style and then less than a year later the same person will write an article and say, oh, my God, you are – it's so done. It's so out of Well, time. you know what? And because can... there's, there's a lot of – there's a lot of money to be made if you if you keep your st- if, you, if you keep your, you know no no change in in uh, especially for women I'm gonna say because men are not that bad but women if there's no change in styles let me tell you this there's a lot of industries that are out of a lot of money <laughs> whether yeah. it's the way you cut your hair to what you're wearing your shoes your handbag oh yeah I am encouraging women and I'm a guy and let me tell you something I don't know a woman's experience but I am encouraging women as a man to stand up and go against that current of trying to find external gratification from somebody through some physical means, whether it's a car, uh, whether oh, it's yeah. a clothes, whether it's surgery. Now, I'm, I, I, you know, like I said, I'm a guy. So I have no, no but you know what? It, it, I hate to say, but men are once upon a time, men were kind of immune to it. I mean, if you, yeah. even, even if you look at men's men's clothing, Yep. But yep. lately, I want to say that men have been dragged into it to be just as bad yep. as women when it comes to it's just as bad. It, 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 and men the fashion industry, yeah, yeah. Men have to deal with status. I think women have to deal with with their looks, and, I, and that's why I, you know I love getting on these shows because I don't know who I'm talking to, and I just want to tell those people, you don't have to do those things. You, the only thing I encourage you to do is do it. If only you doing it is for yourself. Do not do it for a boyfriend. Don't do it for a husband. You do it because that's something you want to do. And that's where the only gratification will come that matters. If, if you, can't, you can't get it from outside things because you'll never keep up. Oh, no, no. Somebody you know what? And a lot of people find out too late because once they actually get it, they're like, this is it. I thought I was going to be like, well, you know. <laughs> I was thought that was going to be yeah. happy or happier or whatever the case might be, and it's like that's yeah. nah, not everything you thought it was. Because men, men fight status, and and and, and I got to I got to have that discussion with them. I said, because my book, I haven't sold a million copies yet. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yet, but I plan on selling a million. But let me tell you something: the the satisfaction comes yes in getting it done. Absolutely. So don't don't look at the mountain peak. Look at the climb. Let's enjoy the climb. But you know what, Fred? There's so many people. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll use the example of writing a book. Let's go with that. But it could be anything. It could be any project. Whatever it is that, you know, people get so yeah. caught up with the enormity of it. And, of course, when you're, you know, whether you're dreading it or you've yeah. been, how can I say, kind of a procrastinator, yeah. you think, oh, my God, to do this, forget it. They, like, they, they, they're their own worst enemy, and they never yeah. even attempt it. They talk yep. themselves out of it, or they make up all the excuses. Wow, well, you know, correct. that's going to need a lot of time, and I don't have the time now. Or, hey, this is going yep. to, and, and they never start it. Um, yep. yep. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's like, if it, it doesn't even have to be that somebody's giving you a deadline. Let's say it's just your own internal deadline. But even if you work on it a little bit at a time, like you said, the satisfaction of actually accomplishing it yep. does a lot. For yeah, your, you um, for the way you see yourself, as far as your competency, it does. And, and, and people have to get out of this idea of everything being instant. I, I love oh. microwaves because I can heat oh, sure. my uh, my tostitos up or my, uh, my my pot pie or whatever. But yes. scramble the book that uh, I, I just wrote. I wrote it in two thousand five. 
There you go. And I have been refining it. I, I, I've gotten help on this thing to make it better. And I, mm-hmm. I kept. And one thing that held me back was people's opinion. Oh. And in 2017, I said to hell. With, like you said, it comes when you're older. I said to hell what people think. I'm going to do it. Yes. And whoever I get on my team, that's who I'm writing to. And people, it, it, it's a process. And you don't write a whole book. You write a thousand words at a time, or you write five hundred words. You know what? There's um doing oh, that. You know, there's a there's a writer. God, what's his name? What's his name? It'll come to me in a minute. But anyway, I'm gonna tell you a real quick story. There's a writer to writer kind of like this guy. He's written written a bunch of books. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, you know that a lot of these movies afterwards. Authors will make like little stories like Star Wars. Well, he wrote a couple of, you know, after Star Wars was big, he wrote like short stories about the Star Wars, you know, characters, whatever. But he's written a load of books. He's written um, uh, uh, screenplays. I mean, the guy is very, he's done very well in the writing. And he's, as a matter of fact, and he's written a couple of books about writing, the writing. And I started reading and he says, you know, the first couple of times that I submitted a short story, it, it got picked up right away. And then I realized, wow, I can make money. So he says he started getting into the let me read or get instruction on how to do it the right way, you know. Yep. yep. And he says yep. once he did that, he wasn't selling a story. He says once he got caught up, you know, with – and by this, I don't don't get me wrong. There, You do need some type of, you know, stru- knowing how to structure a paragraph. Don't. But basically, he said that when he took all these classes where, you know, do this this way and, do, you know, you, you have to do it that way or describe it this way. He says all of a sudden he, he stopped selling his stories. Yeah. He stopped selling his <laughs> stories. And he says, ah. and I looked at my first couple of stories, which I had. He says, I wrote those things in a couple of days. Like, you know, in other words, he proof, proofread them a couple of times, you know, and he sold yep. them right away. And he says, wow. And he says, once I realized that I was overdoing it because I was trying to do what they're telling me, which is over critiquing it, it, yep. it stopped. Yep. The sales came yep. to like a sudden screeching halt. Yep. And um, yep. he says, once I said, forget that. <laughs> yep. And he went back yep. to, you know, basic descriptions, you know, just the way he wrote the first two. And then he, after that, he says, I ditched that where uh, it's almost like let's, let's complicate a, a process which yep. is well, because basically what a writer is doing is you're telling a story, all right. Yep. Um, that, you know, you, you know, not everybody's not everybody's going to be a fan, like you said, but right. sometimes if you Don't get too caught that. up in like this and that, and oh my God, is there apostrophe here or you know whatever? It's like you know, for, he put once he started because he was a free spirit at first when he was just right. writing for the fun. When he was having fun, he was a hummingbird. Yes, and then exactly. The rules and regulations, and you can't do this, you can't do that, uh-huh. you shouldn't do this. It made it not fun. You know and why? Because he, it interferes with the it. telling of the story. It Tell interferes the story. with the telling That's of the it. story. Tell the story. That's it. Yep, yep. And, if, if there, and there are people out there, and all they want to do is they read a story to see how many mistakes they can find. Oh, yeah. And they miss the entire message. And it's yeah, like, exactly. what did you pay attention to? Right. It's, you know, to me, so, it's like, tell me, tell me, you know, and, and, and I've read, you know, I've been a reader all my life as long as once I knew how to read, like when I was seven, I've been reading like psh, whatever fiction, nonfiction. Yep. And I've read some, yep. of, I'm not going to say all, but I've read some books that are supposed to be masterpieces or, you know, or what, oh, they're like, you know, you must read this book. And it was like, you know, they become so convoluted. 
That's like, right. who the hell said this was a great book? It was like, yes. Yes. hello, yep. I could, you know, unless you're, it's a textbook and it's supposed to be, you know, whatever, factual. It was like, okay, somebody owed somebody a favor here. Okay. Exactly. As far exactly. as who said this was a great book? <laughs> <laughs> who, who's who? But, but somebody, you, you, you know, it's like, hey, you, 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 you make this, make, say this is a great book or whatever. Um, mm. And it was like, it was really disappointing. And I was like, man, and I slogged through it sometimes two, three chapters. And I was like, okay, there's there, this, there's, you know, uh, forget it. <laughs> I'm not reading this. This we're, is stupid. We're, we're our worst enemy because it, it, my girlfriend, literally, I was at a restaurant with, with a mutual friend of ours. And, and when I tell you, she shook me like a tree. And she said, you're just as good as everybody else, but you just don't think you are. You are the only problem. And that's what I'm trying to tell everybody, whoever listens to my messages, you know, when I, when I, when I interview, don't let someone else who thinks they're an expert dilute you from being an expert. There is, an expert is just a word that says, well, you know what? All right, it might know more than you, but you might have something that they don't know either. Of course. And you know what? How? Uh, I'm going to give you a perfect example. J.K. Rowling. I'm going to give you a recent example. When she, yep. supposedly, when she was, she wrote that book. She was unemployed and she had. She was a single mom. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, basically, and she she was turned away by a bunch of because this also remember when she came out with this book, the the self publishing was not really you know. In other words, you had to sell your book to some publishing house for them to pick up the you know publish it. it. And yep. she got turned away by God's a bunch of different publishers, which I imagine That's they must it. felt like you know shooting themselves in the foot afterwards. But yep. uh, before yep. she finally got you know picked up, and even then, I'm sure nobody they just thought it was going to be a kids' book, you know, yep. um, not anticipating know. what it was. Going, and she was basically an unknown, nobody author who had a great imagination. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And let me tell you, you know, you 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 touch on J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. I I had seventy, and I want to tell people this: seventy-five rejection letters. I got tired of it. Yeah. I got tired of of waiting for someone else to tell me I'm good enough. Sure. And when I made that decision to do it myself, the, mm-hmm. the technology is there. All you oh, have to course. do is work, work your ass off. The technology is there for you to do it yourself. Just work your ass off. Let me tell you I something. Mean, people don't know. If you want to be a writer, start writing. Start writing, write a short story. Now, nowadays, as a matter of fact, what you pointed out, as far as that you don't need a publisher. You know, if you're waiting for that, hey, um, self-publish, self-publish. Or, you know what, there's a lot of e-zines and magazines that take uh, people, you know, like that you can submit a short story toward to them, you know, depending on what they uh, their subject matter is. Yep. And do it. And, you know, but that fear of rejection, Fred, that's a big... Talk about ghosts. That's a phantom people do not want to uh, tangle with because it, it's it like, hurts. And, and you have to confront that because here's what happens. Because people are so perfect, it's the worst word ever invented. Because <laughs> people that strive for perfection, they will never get it done. Oh, no. And your, your, my book, I, I finally, my, my, uh, the editor I work with, she said, you're done. Stop, stop touching it. Because yes. you know, I, I can go back to my book now and start changing stuff. And it's done. Yes, the yes. whole point is we are so trapped in a society that expects perfection that we have enslaved ourselves and, and, and have and, and put these chains on us to 
stop our, our momentum. Let me ask you, and now that you said your book, how did you come up with, what was the idea, the original idea, the seed that planted oh, that story in your head? I got three words. Go ahead. Kill them all. Oh. That was, that was, I wrote a book, okay? I, this isn't my first book. Right, Just those three words, there. okay? This, I'm going to put this out there. This ain't my first book because I want people to hear this. I wrote a book in 2000. Okay. And I was sitting in Cancun. I said, what am I going to do with my life? And I said, why don't you write a book? And I said, all right, write a book. And I had this idea of three stories and people and three different characters. They come together in one spot, and all hell breaks loose. That's that was the whole. If you ever, all my stories, they're going to follow the same format. I'm, I think I'm, I've evolved since then. But back mm -hmm. then, that was my plan: get three different people in one spot, and all hell breaks loose. So I wrote this book. But the problem was, I was so. Remember what we were talking about? Should do this. Should do this. Mm -hmm. I was so worried about. Well, Fred, you know you can't cuss. Because, you know, you're a Christian and you don't want to lead people astray and you can't do too much violence. And you can't write about sex. And you can't write about this. You can't. And you remember what you talked about? Yes. Where people will catch themselves out of everything. Yes. I wrote a book trying to please everybody else. Right. And it did nothing because I deserved it. Yeah. I deserved what I got from that book. Now, the story's good. It's a good little idea because it's so good. I, I took it and I'm doing something else with it. Good. But the lesson is, and I'm, I'm talking to writers, and I'm talking to anybody that's doing something, don't do something for somebody else. Do something that you're proud of and say, yes. I wrote that. That's mine. I and, love it. And be, so and, be, and be ready to deal with rejection if that's what it comes down to. Don't worry about, don't worry about rejection. Yep. That's another human thing. Yep. We, we reject all the time. You either buy Chevy or you buy Ford. Nissan yeah. or Honda. Yeah, we reject exactly. all the time. Get used to it. It's okay. You'll be fine. So when I wrote this second book, I said, I wrote the book for Christians. I wrote the, the, the Christian novel. Now I'm writing what I want. And I said, I'm killing everybody. I'm not That's it. <laughs> I kill everybody in this book. Yeah. And when I said that, my intention was nobody is exempt from this story. And that's what Scramble is. It is a perfect recipe of math, murder, and revenge. And okay. there are so many twists and turns because I have fun writing this book. This is the story. I don't care if I don't sell one copy. I have fun writing this book. Let and me I'll tell you something. You, isn't, that, isn't that great that you almost like, you, you, you know, your characters, you, 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 yeah. you like, like them, or just, but you, you know, they're creations, yeah. and it's like almost when you're getting towards the end, it's like, wait a minute, I don't want to let go of the story because I've, these characters, they've got, they've, Taken on a life of their own, they become three dimensional. Yes, they do, and, and, they, and they stay with you. They yes. stay with me yes, they from two thousand five when I created them, all the way until I I knew I was going to publish this book, and they stay with you, and they're yours. They're, they, and you care about them because you you built. I had an author tell me, I used to be a, I used to be a cover model. I have a couple of books I'm, I'm on the cover of. Thank you. Hold on, but, hey uh, Slim, be quiet. Haha, <laughs> I love it. I got a cat named Paco. He does the same thing. But, oh, uh, that's one of my little uh, dogs, Slim, and she's like, she's, she sits under my chair, and yeah. then she's quiet, and then at the most inappropriate time, like little kids. Starts walking. Yep. It's like, doesn't, doesn't fail. But, uh, yep, I, uh, she told me, you know your characters down to the bowling average. You know their characters. Yes. And, I, and I got to know my characters down to the bowling average. Now, you don't put all that information in no, the book. No, of course. But that's for you to know. When you articulate their intentions through your hand by right. writing, what it. motivates them and 
what motivate you know that stuff and it, it, it does translate it, of course. it does so, so that's one thing I, I want to tell know your characters I used to when I used to go out I would go out on Fridays and I would get into one of my characters mindset and that whole evening I was that character now I write about female characters so one night mm-hmm. I went out and I was in the mindset now I didn't dress like a female of course I'm a guy but no 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 disrespect or no <laughs> but I was in her mindset, so I thought like her. I, 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 I like. What would she think about? What would she? Okay. Eat? What would she say to the waiter? What would she say to uh, the doorman? I mean, what would she say to the person next to her? Would she talk? Is she shy? You know, I, I got into that mindset, mm-hmm. and um, that's what I'm saying. When, when when you develop characters, you gotta have a respect for them, and I, and I disagree with people who say when their 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 book doesn't work, start over with fresh characters. No, you birthed these things from nothing. Yeah. Give them yeah. a new situation and write them through it. You know what? And, 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 and I've heard this from, you know, because I do listen sometimes to different writers that talk about mm-hmm. writing. And they say that if you ever come to the part of the story where everything just is like, where do I go? He says, you, you, need, to, you need to put some trouble in there. You need to put a problem in there. In other words, you need conflict. If, if you're to the point where everything is like, uh, now what do I do? You, you, right. you, you're lacking conflict. You got to throw something in there that shakes everything up. That's it. And, and let me tell you uh, uh, another another thing. Let the characters write the story. Yeah. All you got to do is dictate. You put the give them the situation. Right, my situation. I got a single mom named Ava. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to raise the world's greatest son. His name is Dazzo. D a z z o. He's trying. She's trying to raise the world's greatest son. She ain't got the best job. She ain't got the best uh, baby daddy, and she's and, and she's doing what she can. Right. All you gotta do is write that situation out. Well, what happens when she get behind on her bills? Yeah. She takes a loan out with a payday loan company that charges seven percent interest per day. Well, what happens when she can't pay that? Well, the the CEO of the company is this loan shark drug dealer guy, and he wants his money. Sure. And he wants his money when he wants his money, not when you decide to give him his money. Mm-hmm. Deadly consequences for that. Write that situation. You ain't gotta make nothing up. Write that situation. Yeah, of How course. God, God it? knows there's enough things that that happen to people nowadays. You know, it's easy. And and, and uh, deadly consequences. This guy's a drug dealer. He don't care. He wants his money. Yeah. And he, 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 you see that that beautiful son of yours. Let me put a little trigger, uh, a, a red light on him, to let you know I got a scope on him from this building across the street. Now, you give me my money by midnight. I don't care how you get it. You just get my money. Exactly. Write that. That's all you have. Just sit back and take notes. Yeah. That conflict, that, 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 like you said, things. Get and that her. is real you know, life, you know, where. Real life. We all get behind on our bills. We all got these people yeah. on us asking for our money. And we don't make enough. That's the reality. That's, and I'm telling anybody that listens, don't worry about these celebrities that sit around all day, they got lucky. Life was good to them. And, and our life is the real life. But our, you know what, Fred? I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. and, and you brought up the thing about the celebrities, and, and, and I know sometimes, you know, our culture is very celebrity-driven, you know, the That's fans. But it. you know what? And people look at their exteriors, and they think, like you just said, they got the perfect life. They got the money, they've got the house, they got the boyfriend or the girlfriend or whatever, or, you know, and of course, you know, all their paparazzi pictures, everything is beautiful. They look beautiful, but, you know, whatever. Yep. Yep. You know, unless it's a mugshot. But most of the time, they're, 
And you look and you're thinking, man, if I was in their place, I would be happy. My life would be complete. But then you hear these people, they commit suicide. They uh, they got severe drug problems or alcohol problems. It's like, and it's like, yeah, this is what they look like to the outside. This is the package. But inside, these people might be really, really unhappy, unhappy, more unhappy than you could ever think of being. They just packaged a certain way because, you know, they've got publicists that say, hey, you know, um, you know, we, we got to make you look this way and that way. And, you know, you got to be in the public eye, but you don't know what's going on. As a matter of fact, I want to say a good portion of them are not really truly happy. They're far from it. I think they are, too. And, and there is a like I said, I, I, and I don't mean any disrespect to anybody that that uh, has mental health issues. Oh, no. I'm just trying to relate to someone that has this job or, or life didn't turn out the way they planned. I just want to tell them that, you know, you're looking at these people and you think they got it going on and they are hurting just like you because life affects everyone. Because, like I said, who was the other guy, the guy that went around and ate food and, he, you know, he took himself out, uh, the guy that went international. I forgot his name. He was a food guy. He would travel Oh, uh, Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. There's another yes. example. So... Even if you think you get your life to this level like these, 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 mm-hmm. these celebrities, yeah. you still got it. The rubber still meets the road for them, too. Yeah, and he even had, um, I want to say he even had a child late in life. He had like a little girl. I mean, the people thought, okay, there's this guy. He's, I think he used to have an addiction problem earlier in life. So he overcame it, obviously. He became this food chef star, you know. He had his that program he had running was for years, um, yep. and it, it, like I said, when you look at it from the outside, you would think this guy's got it made. Yeah. And then and, and it's they, it's they not what it seems. They they got they got they don't have anonymity. They can't go anywhere. Oh no. They always have to be nice because there's a camera in their face. Well, no, nowadays you know, where everybody's got a, a camera, basically. That's it. And, and, and you have a, a, a media that is looking for the first piece of dirt they can find on you sure. to shut you down. We're, we're, it's, it's, they call it cancel culture. What happened to cancel culture? What happened to educating everybody? They, 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 they ascend these people to godlike status because oh, they no. have Oh, no. Let me tell you something. But they put you up there, but the fall is long and hard. Ooh, the fall is hard, yeah, and, and it's not their fault. It's, it's what we do yes, to it them, is. and it's us not looking at the values that we have. Sure, quit looking at them. Look at yeah, what you got. Inevitably, people do the, the comparison thing. Yeah, and, and and it goes back to what we talked about when this conversation first started. There were so many coincidences that happened. First off, for this earth to be here. Second off, for us to be here. And look at those things and, and, and have gratitude for that. And that, that what is it? That you're at the right place and time? You're, you're at where you're supposed to be? You are right where you belong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes it is. And it's just, but I'll tell you what, and, and I'm not going to say there's a lot of people that they, they, um, they waste a lot of time. Not even comparison. Let's, let's, let's take the celebrities out of the picture. They, yep. they, they compare themselves to people, you know, whether it's friends, family members, somebody around them, yep. and they're always coming up short on the short end of the stick. And, um, and, and I want to, you know, I'm going to be a little bit harsh here, but they start going into this pity party kind of mentality. Um, and it's always like, I got the short end of the stick oh, because this other person, and they, 
and it's like you know what stop you know this is or or you know how some people say well you know what when i get that car when i get that boyfriend or what then it's when it's going to be and it's like this is this is real life this is your life let me tell you something you you said something really good you know you want to know what people do because i used to do this your brain is wired to protect you of course it is so every time you go outside of what's normal for your brain your brain is going to do whatever it takes to get you back to love safety and belonging so if you start looking at bob over there and you say oh my god look at bob's physique bob is oh my god such 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 and you say i'm gonna go to the gym and look like bob Mm -hmm. what's the first thing your brain is gonna do your brain is gonna shut you down because oh man man. because you know what because because your brain is afraid of you doing something brand new because it wants love safety and belonging so it wants to keep everything safe it wants to protect you so when you do something that's outside of that norm your brain is going to act up if people can get like writing a book. Remember we talked about writing a book? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I want to write a book. Oh, my God. Nobody's going to like your book. You mean, your writing sucks. You have no idea. You're clueless, blah, blah, blah. Your brain will start and just start yes. kicking all these things out. And we get, and then when we focus our intention on that instead of what we can do, we'll stop ourselves. If people can stop and have awareness and mm-hmm. say, no, this is what we're going to do. I don't care how it turns out. I'm enjoying the process of this. This sounds interesting. I'm going to try it, see if it works, and I'm going to push this thing all the way to the end. I'm not worried about how it turns out. I'm worried about the process along the way. Yeah, but you, you know what? And basically what you're your talking brain. about is your subconscious mind is the one that tries to, like, sub- sabotage you because it basically is what it tries to do. There you got it. Yep, but you know it. what, Fred? You point out something really important, and people think that – and I'm sure you've heard of it. Uh, you know, you get, let's say a sport. Let's go with a sport. You ask somebody, hey, have you ever tried to do that? Yeah, but I wasn't good at it. Oh, well, how, how many times did you try it? Oh, a couple of times. It's like, who's good right. at something after you try it a couple of times? It's practice. Called, make practice. The right. So a lot of people practice. is like, what, do you think you're going to go? Or, or like you said, they see somebody that does something, whether it's sports or performing or something, that they're really good at writing. Let's go with the writing. And you're like, man, yeah. I wish I could. And then you try it a couple of times, and you're like, man, this I, I really suck. <laughs> this is horrible. Now, here, now, here's the problem with that. Here, here's what happens. This is where I, I, I tell people, we got to turn the TVs off. Oh, God. Yeah. What, what do you always hear? Oh, my God. She's an overnight sensation. Yes. Overnight. Overnight. Yes. Overnight. Yes. Nine times out of ten, if you talk to that person who's the media, and I, I don't have nothing against media, mm-hmm. but we got to just be mindful of what they're saying. Right. These overnight sensations ain't overnight. And I no. use the word ink. <laughs> Well, no. The, you you know what? This is um. It's it's one of two things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Either they're not overnight, like you said. Okay. Yep. There's a lot of practice and hardship and and yep. years sometimes of whatever practicing or doing whatever it is that they do. Okay. Yep. Or and sometimes you that overnight thing is really it's like a package deal. You know, this person yep. is basically. Some people are using this person, the face, to make money, but in reality, basically, yep. they have. You know, I'm sure you've heard of people that write books, but really who writes the book is a ghostwriter. Okay. It's a ghostwriter. Yeah, the person has the name. The ghostwriter writes the story. Yep. Writes the story, and it's like, oh, so-and-so write, you know, like you said, like a well-known person, you know, somebody that's already maybe yep. got a little bit of a, 
and they're oh they wrote this book and in reality the one that wrote the book is a ghostwriter and it's like and somebody that sees that goes wow they wrote that book in two months how'd they do that right <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. They didn't. They, they paid somebody. Exactly. Yes. You, 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 are, you are stating my point. That is exactly what I was saying. They wrote that book, man. I was like, it's like right anybody there. that's written or written, unless you're writing a really short story, is like, eh, that's that's especially when it's a book. Like, not. I'm not talking like a short story. I'm talking like a book. Like, a, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, you're like, how they pull that off? And what they didn't sleep, <laughs> but of course. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm gonna give somebody. I'm gonna give everybody that's listening to you a takeaway, and I want them to take this away. Sure. When you see somebody's highlight reel, when you see that story, don't forget they all had a blooper reel. Oh, that's great. <laughs> everybody has a blooper reel. You know what you're I mean? Right, you know what you're the right. blooper reel is, right? You're like, we had a blooper reel when this thing tried to start, and I knew. I said, we about to clown on this because they're trying to. They, it, it, you know, life is trying to stop me from doing this. But I'm gonna get through this and do it. That's a blooper reel. Yes. Now, everybody has a blooper reel. Mm-hmm. But what the news and what you know TV wants to show you is, and, and I, I'm gonna add Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. They want to show you that high reel. Oh sure. Everybody always sees the highlight reel. They don't see that blooper reel though. When everybody messing up and and they they they, they don't and, you know they got the uh, you know uh, the Instagram models. You know. You, well, you know, know what they, it they, is, they, and also. You point out, you know what the problem is also, Fred? A lot of people, they only play the blooper reel in their head. Exactly. Yep. 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 You it's said. like every time they're going to do it or maybe return to it, they start like that movie in your head kind of deal or that internal chatter. Yes. It's that blooper reel. Um, yep. Yes. And they just like. I mean, you, you, you saw it on my face. I was playing my own blooper reel. <laughs> when this thing started, and I'm, I'm putting because you were looking at me like, man, this guy, he went outside, he went in bedroom. No, it's like room, okay. And you know, I said, you know what? Nope, I'm gonna take a deep breath. I said, we are gonna do this. It's gonna happen. Yeah, then it's you said, happen. send your phone number. I said, thirty. Boom, let's do yeah. this. Yeah, no, believe me. I've been to I've been to this rodeo a few times where I, at the very beginning where I got caught like because for some reason. The internet, the computer, the audio, the visual, the something decided yeah. that day I'm not gonna work. So I learned right to have a backup plan. Right when I need to plan. do something important. Yeah, it worked all day. I was because I always do my homework before these calls. Make sure everything was good. Everything's working fine. Yes. Everything was working fine. Now all of a sudden, right before this call. <laughs> yes, of course. Oh, you, you, you actually have to. Oh, you need clear transmission. <laughs> Let me. Uh, <laughs> Oh, we got to screw this up. But there's, yeah. something, there's something good in it. If you can yeah, fight through it, that, that crap, there's something good on the back. Yeah, of course. So let me ask you, you in the bio I read, are you are you working on new books now? Yes, I am. I am in the editing phases of the lead-up to Scramble. Okay. Uh, this book going to be titled uh, Chrome Number 22. Okay. And uh, what I'm doing, I'm building a supernatural story. Um, but I take it to the street. And again, like I said, Scramble is the perfect recipe of mass murder and revenge. And mm-hmm. I don't want to give away the ending, but there is a lot of discussion about love nurtured and love unnurtured. And okay. in this book, we get the first sightings of love unnurtured. Love okay. nurtured. Um, every, every choice, every choice we make is a cry for love or an act of love. And finally, we get to see this person manifest. Do you and have a, she, a, 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 a are you gonna are you gonna be releasing it this year? My goal is to get it done before Christmas. Yes, I am. Okay, so it's gonna be a twenty twenty one. 
Yep. So it's completely written. Uh, like and this, like I said, this is completely written. Uh, we're going through the editing phases right now. Just I just I, I want my work to be good, and I always uh, I, I, I pick it like a fine tooth comb. I take command of every sentence, and I want to make sure that when the reader gets to the end of the story, they have a, a definite understanding of love nurtured versus love unnurtured. And I hint to it and scramble. Uh, every character in my book is is operating out of unnurtured love. I mean, I'm not going okay. to put love nurtured in this. It's, it's, people do the best they can with the tools they got. Sure. And I have a, a principal who is hell-bent on making education a matter of life and death. And he would do whatever it takes to make sure that his lessons did not fall on deaf ears, even if it means death. Oh, God. And okay. we have another character, uh, Leangelo, Lee, Lee Brooks. Um, he's another character. Uh, he... Um, Streetwise young kid, you know, um, African American youth, and unfortunately, uh, the killer of his parents, oh. uh, who died uh, at the hands of a drunk driver, got released from jail for good behavior, and he ain't having it, and he is on a path of revenge. Now imagine, principal Ava, who's trying to wor- raise the world's greatest son, and Leangelo. Leangelo all have a taste of eggs at the same time a diner in St. Louis, Missouri burns to the ground. You got scrambled. So this is that that's their that's the that's where their paths cross or bisect that that's this where is like... everybody paths cross, yep. Interesting. Interesting. My supernatural, yeah. I don't and want to give away the end. No, but no, 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 but that's a great, you know that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what that makes me think of? You know when you go to these places whether it's a coffee shop or even a diner and you yeah. know, you know, you got other people there. Of course, you don't know who they are, but it's like you never know what's really going on with these people. You know, as yeah, far as their stories. It. Now, let me ask you a question about that. So, what if you go to this diner and you don't know what these people are going through, but you have a wait? You ever meet that waitress, and she's a grandma kind of figure, and she just knows things about you. Of course, she knows everything about everybody. Yeah, that's Della. Della is she's okay. the. She is the backbone of all three of my stories that I've written. Okay, about, okay. Uh, love nurtured and love unnurtured. And she just knows things about her customers. Mm-hmm. She'll never get your order wrong. And she knows her customers. And she just knows something is going on with all three of these people. And she right. does her best to try to steer them in the right direction towards nurtured love. Right, because, but she, yeah, you're right. Because since she's at that that convergence point where they all go in. Of course, they're, 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 they're living their lives or what's going on with them on their own the tracks. But yeah. she's that one common point or that in this, in this case, the person who, like I'm you agreeing. said, is aware of what's going on individually with them. Yeah. Cause we all have that person that tries to tell us. And, 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 and when you go backwards, there was always a person that told you the right way to do things, and we just didn't listen. Of course. And she's that person throughout this entire time. Yeah, of course, you know, and is, it, isn't that great? That's, that's excellent. That's a great idea. Let me ask yeah. because I want to put a link to your website on the credits of the show, but for my podcast listeners, what is the website that they can go w- to for w- more w- information? Yeah, www.fredcreates.com. Okay. You've got it. Fred, I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight. Oh it has been yes, absolutely wonderful to speak to you. Yes. If I could say one more thing. Sure, of I course. Just to, I just want to encourage you because I love your website. I want to encourage you to keep going and keep doing what you're doing. 
and, and like I said, don't worry about the, the peak of the mountain. You no, enjoy it. Let me tell you something. It's, it's, it's one of those things that, mm-hmm. believe it or not, even when you do overcome little things, it, it helps. In the, it, it gives you a sense of competency. It's yeah. when you were talking, you know, what we were talking about people that talk themselves out of their own success. That's it. Um, and it's like sometimes, you know, everything you overcome, you, you, have, you start getting this internal sense of, I can figure it out. How's that? That's it. That's it. <laughs> Sometimes and, that's... And, and, you know, we, we need, uh, there needs to be more outlets where people can get on and, and not talk about, I did this, I did that. Let me talk about how can I serve other people? How sure. can I be an encouragement? How can I help someone that's having that thought of something to do and they, don't, and they, they need to hop that final hurdle? I want to help people push themselves over that hurdle. And um, the of last course. thing I want to say yes. is you talked about the dungeon approach. Mm-hmm. I read that. And I want to know about that. So we're going to talk later about that. Sure. There needs to be a follow-up. Sure, <laughs> I absolutely. Get, I need to By the way, when uh, what we could do is uh, I'll keep track of, I'll fi- visit you on your website, or if you could email me when the book is released, Perfect. and we could schedule the interview to coincide with the release of Perfect. your book. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And that would be Perfect. fantastic. And we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about the new book release. That's perfect. And, and if anybody's listening out there, uh, if you if you need anything, you can email me. Uh, my email's on my website. Uh, tell me what you're doing. If you, if you need that push, if you need someone to tell you that you are worthy and you are of value, you give me an email and you tell me your story. And I want to help anybody. Uh, white, black, you know what the times that we are in. And we yes. are in a, a, a strange time right now. And yes. I am encouraging people to reach back and pull humanity forward. And if I can do that by example, by helping anybody, I don't care. You let me know your story. I want to hear it. And I want to help. And I want to be an encouragement to you to, to get through whatever you're going through. You uh, hit me on my website, www.fredcreates.com. And this has been an absolute pleasure. I enjoy talking to you. Thank you so, so much. And likewise, take care. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Good luck. Bye. Thank you. And, and to you. Bye-bye. Okay. Oh, there we go. Wow. Wasn't that great to talk to him? You know, people have been, um, <clears throat> who've been following the show for a long time or for a while know that I've always said that I like to talk to you know, new authors, new writers, uh, people that are going out in that field and, and uh, you know, whether it's writing or anything, because what Fred was talking about, yeah, and in some instances, yeah, we're talking about the writing or about other things, but you know what? This can be applied across the board to just about everything that you want to do or want to achieve or just live your life a certain way with certain results, okay? It's not sometimes people think, well, does this have to be like, well, you know, something... Uh, you know, I want to go to the gym more or I want to lose weight or I want this job or whatever. You know, they make it look like a, a goal. Okay, sometimes the goal can just be as simple as the quality of my life. And by this, I don't mean quality as in, um, how can I say, the value of things, not the materialistic. When I mean the quality of life, I mean the quality of life of you being content and happy with your life more so than unhappy. All right. And a lot of people don't get me wrong. I'm a I like I like things. I like nice stuff. All right. 
But a lot of people fall into that trap of thinking this is the end all be all and I will be happy when I get the the car, the this, the that, whatever, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of the culture, you know, especially what we see in TV drives us t towards that perception that our completeness, our happiness uh, is based on acquiring certain things or being seen a certain way because you have these things. A lot of people, especially when they're honest about it, they will tell you um, it doesn't, that's <laughs> once you get it or acquire it. It's like a big disappointment. Again, if you want to have these things, whether it's the car or the clothes, for the sake of having it because you enjoy it, that's fine. I'm not saying no, no, no. You know, I'm not into austerity, by the way. You know, everybody's different. But if you're hanging out or holding out thinking, when I get this thing or when I acquire this thing or when I am this thing, whatever it might be, then I'll be happy. Then don't do that. But, and by the way, you know, I'm going to use this this real, uh, I, and this is a very cliched saying, but sometimes even cliche sayings have a lot of truth to them. What was it? It's not, it's not the destination, but the journey. My point being that um, the quality of life, what I'm talking about is your daily life, you know, uh, that you want to get to uh, a state of mind of how you live your life every day so that more times than not you're content and by this i don't mean you going around going ha, 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 you know and you know everybody has problems everything sometimes things that we see coming sometimes it's things that fall in your lap like out of left field but when you have a, 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 a mostly content life you are better able to handle when the adversities or the problems come up all right and i think that's what a lot of people because some people say you know what i, I feel like i'm going from crisis to crisis all right. And again, and, and, and I'm going to insert here, you know, that we have these what they call uh, people that live on drama. They, you know, they sometimes if when everything is nice and peaceful, they it's like this doesn't feel right. So they subconsciously, because I'm going to go with the subconscious part of it, they do something or say something to cause that drama and that friction. And that puts them and then but, you know, it when they talk to a friend, they'll say, oh, my God, I never catch a break. It's like everything's always this. And now so-and-so said that. And did you can you believe she said this? And now this happened. And... But they overlook the part where, like, what what did you do to trigger that? Because nothing was happening. As a matter of fact, everything was really calm. But let's say you're, you're beyond this. You may, whether you were ever that person or not, you're like one of these persons like, hey, I want to be able to live my life kind of like on the contented side. By this, my daily living. And then I have highlights of, you know, of either a vacation or I'm going to this or I'm going to do that. And those are, that's like the, that's like the, the cherry on top. But the quality of my everyday life is good. I'm happy with it. I'm content. I have things I look forward to. That's what I'm talking about. You know, all these things that he's saying, yet yeah, those goals um, are great. You know, like I said, whether it's you want to lose weight, you want to join a team, you want to learn karate, you want to like be a writer, oh, whatever. You know, um, sometimes you have to start like a little bit more basic. All right. Because when you have that certain quality of contentedness in your everyday day to day life. Okay. It's so much more easier to believe to and it facilitates you acquiring that thing that you 
say, okay, I'm going to want or achieve this or whatever. You know, like I said, it might be something small, you know. It might be, you know, to some people, it could be, you know what, I want to take a trip to Europe, but I know that it's going to cost me, maybe you went and you, you know, did a, like a make-believe itinerary and you realize it's going to cost me five or six grand to go on this trip that I want to take, all right? And you say, okay, that, that's, that's, that's really what I want. That's on my bucket list. Or you're not even on your bucket list. It's just something I want to do. <clears throat> uh, and then you say, okay, so what do I need to do? You know, besides getting the time off to go, let's, let's say that's taken care of. Well, I'm going to need to put X amount of money away little by little. And you start working in that direction. Okay, once you, you have a certain, how can I tell you, uh, optimism that comes with living a certain life day to day, those things facilitate themselves because you see them as being possible. You tell somebody, hey, yeah, I'd like to go to uh, Europe and do this and visit these places and take these tours. But, man, it costs seven or 10000 or whatever, 6000 5000 whatever you want to go. That's impossible. I'll, I'll, never, I'll never be able to get that money apart from my, you know, my regular expenses. Why not? It might take you longer. It might take you less time. Um, but those are the kind of things sometimes that uh, we need to hold on to. And believe it or not, when you uh, have these goals or things that you want and you achieve them, some are bigger, some are smaller. Like I said, it's, it fills you up with this competency of yourself that you believe in yourself. Despite what maybe other people say, or, you know, let's go with that. Uh, that let's, I want to take a trip to Europe scenario. Well, you'll have somebody being really well-intentioned going, oh, you want to go? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to go and see this place or this cathedral or this castle or this, you know, visit whatever and see the whatever. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a nice trip. This is a pretend conversation with a friend or family member or a co-worker. Oh, that's a, that must, that's going to cost a lot of money, right? About, and you say something like, oh, yeah, it's going to cost me like $7,000 for the round trip. You know, I, I kind of like put an estimate. $7,000? Oh, man, that's a lot of money. How are you going to do that? <laughs> Forget it, man. That's, that's a lot. Of... Why don't you go see the Grand Canyon instead? You see what I'm saying? So sometimes you have to have that inner, um, how can I say, wanting or desire that you could say, oh, yeah, okay, okay. And then it's like, all right, you don't care. It's, it's not your thing. It's my thing. <laughs> it's my thing. <laughs> that you pursue it that you pursue it and you put that little rock on it. And the point I'm trying to make is if people get sometimes, let's say, again, let's say it's something that's X amount of money, okay? And they're like, man, that, that, to overcome that, that's like, oh, my God. But if you break it down, if you say, you know what, little by little, even if I put $5 away every week, whatever, three bucks, whatever. You know, I put a little jar there, I put a little drawer, and I'll just drop stuff and forget about it, you know? And you do it, and there will come a point where it happens in in different areas. Remember, I used to do this. I used to work, uh, you know, with my hypnosis. A lot of people, um, they 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 kind of like defeated their, themselves, and they blamed that on a lot of other external things. But really, the problem was them that they didn't believe, or they wanted it to be right away, or they were like, "Oh, that's in, that's impossible." I'm going to give it, or the lose weight. You know, I had a lot of clients that came to me. 
They wanted to lose weight, you know, and of course I've worked with them on their subconscious, but believe it or not, sometimes the biggest thing they had to overcome, that even though their logical mind was like, yeah, I, I want to lose 50 pounds, you know, I want to lose 50 pounds, and then when I lose that weight, maybe I'm thinking of doing some uh, nip and tuck, and but, you know, the first thing that had to happen was I need to lose this X amount. And they're saying, it, yeah, 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 I want to do it, but what's playing up in their head is like, 50 pounds is a lot, man. That's incredible. I'm not going to be able to do that. Oh, no, forget it. No. Especially, let's say, you know how they say that you should lose your weight safely. In other words, an X amount during a certain amount of time, you know, you can't like, let's say somebody tells them, yeah, you know what? It would take you a year, maybe minimum to lose, drop 50 weights safely. A year? Yeah, a year. That's the way you could do it where, you know, maybe whether you modify your, you know, your, you know, what you're eating or if you want to incorporate exercise. But, you know, whatever. Let's let's give you a year at the very minimum. Oh, no, a year. Okay, time's going to go by no matter what. No matter what you do. I remember one time, this is a few years back, I was reading a book about, it was about weight loss and things like that and about motivators and I can't remember what book it is right now, otherwise I would give it credit. But anyway, there's a story in there about this woman who she uh, was extremely overweight. And, of course, she started having severe health problems that come with that. Um, and she says that she was like, she was, she says, I could barely, you know, walking around inside my house. It was like, you know, it was like, it basically, it was, it was hurting her legs. Um, and she says one day she realized I you know, this is going to kill me. This She was still a relatively younger woman. This is going to kill me, and I don't want to live my the rest of my life this way. And she realized that she had a lot of weight to lose. And she says, my first goal that I made was that I would walk out to my mailbox. You know, I, you know, her mailbox, I guess, was on the edge of the, you know, by the curb. And he says, that's how I started. I would walk out to the mailbox and pick up the mail. Something that for her, I guess, because maybe... You know, she was having problems with her joints and her knees and stuff because of the weight was like, it hurt. And she says that's how she started. Eventually, the, the it took her a while, it took her quite a while to where she started then going further and further and further and further out than maybe walking around the block, you know. And then, you know, it kept going. And, of course, she started dropping weight because she, you know, because of the exercise component. And like everything, when you see results happening, it inspires you to do more. Uh, and at some point later on, she started actually doing 5Ks and uh, marathons and everything. But she, she started out that the challenge for her initially was to walk from her, inside her house to the curb where her mailbox was at. And she did it. And by this, I mean that sometimes part of what Fred was referring to as far as instant gratification Um yeah, you know, it, 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 that could be the, 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 the thing that kills most dreams. Because if we can't produce it or experience it, like, right away, it's like we let it go or we don't try for it or we don't persist or we don't practice it. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Even as a hypnotherapist, you know, even if I work with somebody, let's say, overcoming their fears or overcoming uh, resistance that they had on a subconscious level to whatever that change was. If that person didn't persist, okay, which by the way, basically what it, uh, it, it, it would be for nothing, all right? 
I mean, I could help you to overcome the change or the fear of change that would come with whatever this thing that you were trying to do, you know, to be to modify your behavior in a certain way. But if you didn't go forward with the actions necessary, it's like, okay, you know, I guess you'll be my client forever, or, you know. But my point being that, he, you know, a lot of the things that Fred said made a lot of sense. Um, and uh, and I'm, look, look what he talked about, his own writing stuff. That when he just decided, what was it, to, you know, everybody wants to a different drummer. He was, he realized, I'm going to write for myself the story I want to write, how I want to write it, and there it is, boom. And now he's, sounds like he's about to release another book. So I hope you go to his website and check out his work. Uh, and, you know, I'm hoping to bring him back on here so we could talk about his book and everything else he wants to talk about. And now talking about books... I am about to, hopefully now in September, release part two of this one. Oh, I want the glare to hit, hit it, kind of like. Uh, part two of this one, which is Hot Dame on a Cold Slab, Film Noir Murders, number two. I'm, I'm working on it right now as we speak. The I'm re-editing, you know, which is something that you, and I understand you write something and then you go back on it a few weeks later and you're like, oh. um, and that's all true crime. And it's usually about crimes and things, stuff that happened like between World War One and World War Two. Um, and it's it's uh, they're all true, all true. Uh, some made the papers, some didn't make the papers. Most of them, though, if they made the papers, it was just around that time period, and they never carried forward into future. So chances are you might never have heard of them before. Um, and uh, a lot of different outcomes. Sometimes the the, the victim got you know justified as far as they 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 maybe they were they got killed but you know the person that was responsible got caught and served time and in some cases was executed other times that never happened sometimes you had victims that were never identified cases that went unsolved um you know things of that nature or actually even uh murderers that either weren't brought to justice or there was not enough like like in modern times there was not enough evidence because remember back then there was not like a lot of the the tools that like DNA like you know hey your DNA is there so how do you talk yourself out of that one back then um, if they didn't have enough uh, evidence there was people basically that walked away from um, from a murder charge so you know it's 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 uh, a little bit of this and that very interesting uh, what people got up to in the good old days and again if you want to uh, listen to any of the stories, the stories of the supernatural, you can go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com. All right, now on there I have links to all the different podcast platforms, but if you want to listen to any of the episodes without commercial interruption, I have a link there where you can either listen to the podcast on your browser or you can download the MP3 file. And of course I also have links if you want to see the video version of it of stories of the supernatural on youtube and i'm also on different platforms as far as the video work and again nightshadediary.com and supernatural story time those are other podcast series that i have there's links to that as well okay and as always i welcome any stories that anybody wants to share with me just send them to marlene at miamighostchronicles.com and again thank you so much for coming back every week and joining me and uh, spending this time with me and again please come back I have a lot of great guests lined up and if you haven't done so already please 
like and or subscribe to the show so that you get notification every time a show is coming up. You know, I use as far as maybe even YouTube, I use the premiere, uh, which basically will tell you ahead of time when I'm going to release a show. But sometimes I change my, I, I release them once a week, but sometimes on different dates. So that way uh, you're sure to catch it. And I'm also considering at this point, I'm thinking maybe even for Halloween doing a live show. Um, I don't know. I would like to hear from you guys what you think. Uh, going on a live show for Halloween and uh, let's see what happens. You know, maybe we could uh, we could look at some, you know, movies or stories or scary or whatever goes. And, uh, you know, if you want to send in a question, yep, there's a good chance we're going to be doing that. So, again, guys, thank you so much. Take care. And you are all absolutely.